is the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose, where I strategize with business owners on how to grow and scale their businesses to hit their income goals. This is episode 238 of the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose. Today, we're going to be diving into how has the past year affected programmatic advertising or ads. We're going to be talking with Megan Rafferty of Newer Media. This is a sponsored episode. I was so excited to be able to connect with Megan to be able to bring her knowledge and to share another ad network that is available to entrepreneurs that have websites that could possibly be making income from their ads. All right, you guys, let's dive in. Hi, Megan. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yes, I am excited about this conversation. Being someone that has been like a veteran, I feel like in ads, because I started my lifestyle site in 2009, I always feel like I can learn more about how the ads are working, why we're using ads on our sites. So I'm excited about this conversation. But before we jump into that, will you introduce yourself and your business to my audience? Absolutely. My name is Megan Rafferty, and I am the operations director at Newer Media and one of the co-founders of the company. Um, what we do at Newer Media is we are an ad management service. So we do digital ads and we work with website owners, bloggers, publishers um, on their digital ads to make sure that they're making the most money that they possibly can from their ad setup and, and from their website. Um, so originally, we actually started out as a web development company. Um, this was a long time ago. And we sort of made the transition on our own from working with web development clients and building websites for other people to owning our own websites. So we had a portfolio, you know, at, at one time we had about 30 sites that we owned. Um, and as website owners, it, we found that we weren't super happy with the options that were available to us in terms of how to monetize our site, especially with regards to ads. So we had all this web development experience and we just sort of thought, you know, maybe we can build something that works better. So we built out a product. We got it live on our sites. It ended up working really well and we were really happy with it. So we started offering it to some people that we knew in the industry. Um, and it really took off from there pretty quickly. Um, so that was about four years ago. And now we work with hundreds of different sites across all different verticals and categories. Um, and like I said, I said, our job is, is really just to make sure that um, website owners know that they're getting the most out of their ads and, and they're making the most money that they possibly can. So I know one of the questions that my audience is going to be thinking in the background and I'm going to be mad at me if I don't ask this right away and wait till the end. So I'm going to ask it right now. Do you have a threshold that you need to meet page wise, page view wise in order mm -hmm. to become part of your program? We do, yeah. So uh, the minimum requirement is thirty thousand sessions a month. So it's not exactly the same as page views, um, but but any site around that size, we can we can work with. If you're a little bit under, we might be able to get some approvals for you. But the reason that we have that threshold is just because a lot of the networks that we work with um, won't approve a site that's smaller than that, and that is thirty thousand sessions per domain. So if you have a site that has like 
10,000 sessions and another site that has 20,000 sessions, it doesn't really add up to 30,000. Like that's not how it works. Unfortunately, it has to be 30,000 sessions per domain. Okay. Yep. That totally makes sense. I'm glad that I asked that so that we can get that out of the way. And get into- <laughs> so one of the things that I wanted to ask is what is pro- programmatic? I keep trying to stumble over that <laughs> word for some reason. What is programmatic advertising? So programmatic advertising, it is a term that you might not have heard before, but I guarantee you that most people listening to the podcast know what programmatic ads are. Um, So essentially, it's just ads. It's a way of buying and selling ad space that's fully automated through software. So as opposed to, you know, when you're doing direct deals and, and you're working with someone from a company and you're negotiating terms to to put their ads on your site. Um, With programmatic ads, everything is fully automated and it's it's done instantaneously. Um, So you don't really have to have that human contact element. Um, The the reason that programmatic ads are really popular and and the reason that they're so successful is because they are retargeted. So everyone probably knows how targeting works as well. But, you know, it's like if you're... If I was on Google searching for like laundry detergent, laundry detergent or, or fabric softener or something, um, and I clicked onto a few sites, and then the next time I went on social media or the next time I went on a blog site, I might get an ad for like Tide or something like that. So that's how retargeting works. You're getting ads that are relevant to your own browsing experience, mm-hmm. um, and that's why advertisers love it because they they are able to reach their target audience really quickly really efficiently. Um, and it's good for publishers too, because you can make money from your site and sell ads without actually having to do that much work. Right. So what are the different ways that programmatic advertising can be used on a website? Because I know people come to a website, there's all these different ways that they can be, and some of it can be very overwhelming. So to go along with that, I'd love to know which one is your favorite to use as well. Totally. So I think when you go on a website, um, I mean, basically what you're going to see are banner ads, regardless of how the ads are being used on the site. Um, what what makes it different is what's happening on the back end. So I think they're the two most common ways to use programmatic ads on a site right now um, is you can either use AdSense, which is Google's programmatic solution, or you can work with an agency and use a header bidding solution. So with AdSense, it's super popular because it's really easy to use. Anyone can get an AdSense account. Like there's no traffic threshold like we had talked about before. Um, any size website, you can sign up for an AdSense account and get AdSense up on your site. Um, if you wanted to use header bidding, there are usually traffic restrictions. It's also a little bit more complicated than running AdSense, which is why a lot of people use agencies and, and services like ours. Um, it is kind of complicated on the back end, but it's actually a really simple process. So how it works is that um, you have all these networks and they're all bidding against each other to get inventory on your site compared to when you're just using AdSense and Google is the only network that's on your site and they're the only network that has access to any of your inventory. So with header bidding, you have all of these networks that come together and they're all competing against each other to try to get that ad inventory. Um, and that really drives up the rates that you end up getting for, for your ad space because um, you have all this leverage. Like when you're just using one network like Google's AdSense, there's no one there that's you know saying like, hey, I'll pay more for that impression. So, so you're not 
there's no one that's helping you to determine what sort of rates you're getting for your ad space. So that's why a lot of people decide to use header bidding, especially once sites reach a certain size and they and they decide to work with a network or a, a service rather um, or an agency because it, it just gives them a lot more options. Okay. And when you're talking about the rates, you're talking about like RPMs, right? Yeah. So yes, essentially. Yeah. So I mean, it could be for individual units as well because the bidding happens every time the page loads. So it's not something that um, necessarily is widespread because RPM refers to like the rates per 1000 views, but, but yes. So it gets you higher rates for your individual units and higher RPMs and CPMs as well. All right. So why is it best to diversify programmatic ads and what does that consist of? Yeah. So you basically just want to diversify your programmatic ads because you want to make sure that you have the most optimized setup that you possibly can to be making the most money that you possibly can. Um, and, and that means, you know, having different types of units on, on your site. So having different sizes, you don't want to be running the same size unit all over the page. That's not really a super optimized setup. Um, You also want to be running different types of ads. So you'll see like the standard banner ads on sites a lot, but you also can see sticky units or sometimes they're called adhesion units, which are units that stick to a certain part of the page or stick to the bottom of the browser as the user scrolls so that they're always visible. Um, These units do really well because the more viewability the unit has typically the better they do and the better rates that you get. Um, You also can use video units. Um, For us, we work with a lot of people that are really conscious of user experience. So not everyone wants to run a video unit and that's okay. Um, But we do always offer it as an option because it's a great way to generate additional revenue. Um, Video units are sort of separate from banners. So it's like a totally different revenue stream. And it adds a lot of value, um, especially depending on the time of the year. When you're talking about, you mentioned about size. When you're mm-hmm. talking about size, you're talking about as far as like width, with even because a lot of times we'll see ads within content sometimes too. So are you talking about sometimes there'll be like a longer, more, uh, what is that, horizontal? And sometimes yes. see more of like a square Facebook look size looking one. Mm-hmm. So that's what you're talking about when you're talking about size. Totally. Yeah. So different sizes have different levels of advertiser demand. So You'll see like the square, you know, that you were talking about. That's one of the most well-performing sizes. It's usually a 300 by 250, um, which is 300 pixels, 300 pixels by 250 pixels. Um, And that that size does super well. Um, But then you'll see like some some sites will run sizes that you don't see as much, like a really small unit um, that might be like a 200 by 200. There's not typically a lot of demand for sizes like that. Um, so that's another benefit of working with the services that, you know, they know what sizes do well, they know what sizes have the most advertiser demand, and they'll recommend those sizes for you to use on your site. Um, so, so that you're, again, you're getting the most that you can from your ads. Because a lot of times I think people, I think people sort of look at their website layout and they, they say like, okay, I can fit this size here. Like that, that's a perfect place to put that size. Um, but maybe they would be better off using a slightly different size or a bigger size, but they just don't know that the size that they think fits doesn't have the best demand compared to other sizes that are available. Okay. That 
is, yeah, I never even thought about the different sizes. I've definitely noticed totally. it before, but never made it like a conscious kind of, oh, I like that better. Or why would someone have that over that one? That makes a ton right. of sense. So right now, um, when this episode comes live, it's going to be August of 2021. Mm-hmm. How has the past year affected programmatic ads? Because of course, oh we're talking God. about the pandemic. We're talking about 2020, totally. the crazy of the year. Yeah. So what a year. <laughs> um, last year, so in 2020, like March and April, even May of 2020, um, things were really slow in the programmatic world. I think when the U.S. started lockdown, a lot of advertising um, campaigns were pulled. A lot of budgets were slashed. It was just, um, you, you know, there was a lot of uncertainty. Like people didn't really know what was coming next. Um, but one of the interesting things about this industry um, is that it changes a lot. Like people that are working in this industry are really used to sort of having to pivot and adjust to unexpected developments. Um, it happens all the time. Um, so I think, I mean, this was incredibly unexpected and I think it took the industry a little while to sort of adjust to what the new normal was. Um, but in general, I mean, web traffic was up a lot because everyone was home. People were on their computers and their phones and they were, you know, working from their computer, working from home, doing school from home. Um, unfortunately there were some specific categories of sites that were hit super hard in terms of traffic, like travel sites, anything to do with entertainment. Um, The traffic, I think, for those sites is starting to come back, but um, it's been a really hard year for people in those categories. But in general, web traffic has been up a lot. And and we started to see towards the middle of last summer, advertiser demand came up almost exponentially. It was crazy. And it wasn't even just, it was good compared to the beginning of the year, which wasn't very good. It was good just in its own right. Um, And we're even seeing that continue. Like the trend has continued. We weren't sure at the beginning of the year, you know, what was going to happen because usually the beginning of the year in general just isn't that great. Um, And, you know, there was a drop as there always is, but it seemed to come back quicker this year, even than it did previously before the pandemic. So things are looking good. I mean, I I think that it's a great time to be in digital, in the digital ad space. I think a lot more advertisers have, have, you know, been investing more and allocating more of their budgets into programmatic and digital ads, just because, you know, it's an easy way to reach people in their own homes. And honestly, I mean, so if this comes out in August, assuming there are an Olympics in August, which there are supposed to be, um, that's going to be a huge campaign. So, so the summer should be pretty good leading into Q4, um, which is always great. So, yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been a crazy year for everyone, but, um, I think, I think this is a pretty good place to be. If, if you, if I had to pick a place to be in an industry to be in, um, I don't think I could have picked a better one. So the next question that I know my audience is going to want to know is Mm. privacy regulations. We keep hearing about that ads are going to change. We're going to see the site blockers coming up. Can you talk a little bit about how the privacy regulations that are coming forth are going to affect what we're seeing with programmatic ads? Yeah. So there's a lot of changes coming. I mean, what happened in Europe, this would have been three years ago, I think now with GDPR, um, it made a huge difference for European traffic um, to the point where 
demand for European traffic really sort of fell off a cliff. Um, I think what's happening in the U.S. is is not the same as what happened there. I know it, it's kind of scary, um, but but we already saw what happened in California with California's privacy regulations that I think went into effect at the beginning of the year officially, um, and it hasn't really made a huge impact on earnings. So I think the way that privacy regulations are being rolled out here is a lot more friendly to publishers and advertisers. You know, at the end of the day this is a billion dollar industry. Um, I don't think there's going to be changes that are so severe that it's, it's going to do to the industry what happened in Europe. Um, but, but that's another benefit again of working with an agency or a service is that, you know, as a publisher, you wouldn't have to worry about anything like that because we handle all of, all of that on our end, like all of the compliance stuff. So all of our ads are totally GDPR compliant, CCPA compliant, which is the California privacy regulation. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, we're always trying to stay ahead of what's coming next so that we know that we're prepared and that our publishers are prepared and everyone is good. So, yeah, I wouldn't, you know, for, for right now, it's definitely something that you have to be thinking about, but I, I just wouldn't be super concerned about um how, how it's going to immediately affect earnings or anything like that. Because like I said, it's a big industry. Um, and I think it will be a priority to sort of keep that going. Yeah. I think anytime there's a new change, whether it's a Google algorithm update, whether it's mm -hmm. an Instagram algorithm update, we all start to panic and think, why do we have to change? Why do we have That's to scary. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Especially when it's nothing beyond our means that we can really control. So I think just referring right. it, like you're saying, having that open communication, making mm -hmm. sure that you're educating yourself, listening to podcast episodes like this, yeah. that kind and of keeps informed. Definitely. And like the difference between a Google algorithm update and something like this, like, like with the Google updates, I think it's really scary because it's unknown and it seems sort of arbitrary a lot of the times. But with this, like this is a government regulation that you can follow. You know what I, you know what I mean? Like there are things you're supposed to do and you do them and that's, that's it. You know, it's not, it's not like some unknown entity is just like going to change everything all at once. Excellent. So how does newer media get started with publishers? Like what's the best way? Like if you're getting to a point where your um, sessions are close to that mm -hmm. threshold, what's the best way to get started? So the easiest way to get started with us is just to go on our website. It's newermedia.com and that's N-E-W-O-R media. Um, we have a big sign up button. You can't miss it. And there's also a button that says partner with us. Um, so that just takes you to a form that you can fill out. You, you know, put in your URL and your email address. And once you submit that, someone on our team will get back to you pretty quickly. Um, and we do also have a chat feature on our website. So if you wanted to, you could chat in. Um, and one of our publisher representatives will talk to you um, if it's during business hours, um, which is kind of cool. So those, either of those two ways are great ways to get in touch and get started with us. Okay, perfect. We are going to make sure that we link to those in the show notes that everybody can hop over and awesome. fill up that application, especially if they're getting close to those session views. We know that traffic usually starts to spike as we get into quarter four and we're totally. with it in August. We're right there for quarter four. Perfect, so, yeah. Yes, it's perfect timing. Um, where are the best places to connect with you outside of the website? Do you guys also have an Instagram? What would be the best spot? 
So we do have a LinkedIn page. We don't have a ton of social media only because, um, you know, we're a really small team and it just didn't feel like it was necessary for us for a really long time. Um, because we just weren't sure, you know, that we had a lot to add. We, we really focus on our publishers and we try to let the work speak for itself. So we don't have a huge social media presence. Um, we are, you know, starting to get out from our little rock a little bit. So maybe by August we will. But um, right now, the best place to, to connect with us is probably our website. And we do have a LinkedIn page as well. All right. Excellent. We will make sure to link to both of those in the show notes. Megan, I appreciate you so much for taking the time to speak with me and my audience. There's just so much valuable information that we're able to garner from this. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much. Of course. All right. Well, there you have it. Megan just brought forth such great information when it came to programmatic ads. And I know some of these terms might have seemed a little techy. I even had to say to her in the beginning of the episode, how do you say that, that programmatic word? I wanted to make sure I was saying it correctly, but a lot of us that have been doing ads for so long, we just call them ads. And to have a better understanding of the size and the things that really truly matter was just an important conversation to have. Plus, I wanted to make sure that we really dove into this whole idea of how it has affected the past year has made an impact on ads and what we can look for moving forward. So I know you guys always take your time. You're such great students. I also wanted to ask you if you'd be willing to share a rating and a review on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app about the podcast. It helps so much to be able to get great guests like Megan to be able to come and share her knowledge and make sure that we are educated in the business that we are trying to scale and grow. As always, I appreciate you guys so much. And until next time, I will see you all then. 